Here we are. We're starting a new series. Ta-da! Seek to speak. And Claire and I had that exchange last night. I'll not embarrass you, but it ended well, didn't it? So uh, <laughs> she literally went, what? What does that mean? Seek to speak. What does that mean? And I went, well, it means this and it means this. She went, oh, that's excellent. Oh. Afterwards, it was like, Yes. Yes, you get your wife on board, you've got everybody on board. So you're all very welcome. Um, If I haven't met you before or seen you before, my name's Colin, I'm the pastor here. It's good to have you. Um, I hope you find benefit from being here. If you have any questions that you want to ask, then come and chat to me or uh, to Andrew and uh, we'll be able to help you. I wanted to say, just as we were in worship this morning, um, I wanted to say that if anybody needs to meet for any reason, just wants to chat something through, you're having difficulty in your life, just want to share something, just get in touch with me and we can get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever it is. Or if you're one of those people who likes hot water, what is that? You like tea or coffee? Hot water, please. Why? Because you're going to bring your own tea back that mine aren't good enough? Or What is that? Anyway, to those people who just like hot water, you're very welcome. Strange though you may be, you're all very welcome here. So we're starting this new series about Seek to Speak. So to recap a little bit on last week, I prophesied that we were going to have a growth spurt and often when God speaks, it's not how we would imagine anybody else had that t-shirt. So he says something and you think it's going to look like this. And then the thing that it actually is comes along. You think that can't be it. And then it takes a little bit of reorientation to, to uh, be able to embrace what it is that he's given. So in prophesying a growth spurt, we better be ready to cut a lambano. Now, that was Andrew's phrase from the start of the year about his prophetic sense of the year. Cut a lambano means to come down hard on and to grasp, isn't that right? So it means that if it's an opportunity that's coming along, now, you may think that a growth spurt is just going to happen to us. But that might be true. But there's also a part that we have to play, and I want to start to unpack that a bit. So we've got to grab a hold of that opportunity, come down hard on it, recognize it, and not let it go, and ride it until we've got the benefit of what it is that God wants to give to us. So the opportunity comes, and then the growth spurt is caused because of those things. So I want to give you just a a little brief teaching on what it means uh, or how the prophetic works. Often, I've had the most bizarre things happen. And I remember one time somebody, drew, I've told you this before, drew me a picture of three sheep upside down. They were drawn very badly, handed me the sheet and went, that's what the Lord says to you. Uh, what? Might have something to do with New Zealand, right? <laughs> Out it goes. Well, you know, I have the sense that there's a, there's a jigsaw in your life. Just, just leave that there. Is that of benefit to you? Is it of benefit when somebody comes up to you and says, just feel that uh, the Lord says that your life's a ball of rubber bands? <laughs> what? What? Just see the word depression over your life? Bless you. What? what? What do you want me to do with that? So there are, why do I make fun of that? Because there are three parts to the prophetic word and three parts of the process. So there's revelation as to what you heard. Then there's interpretation and then there's application. So I remember it was one of the experiencing gods, an individual came up and I had a sense that there was real demonic influence and hassle going on in their life. So I took the revelation that there was hassle going on in their life and my interpretation was that God doesn't want her to have that hassle. And the application was to say to her that Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. Because what's the thing that drives out fear? It's love. So we don't prophesy the problem. God's prophesying the solution. And we're all getting a handle on this, that God doesn't, he gives us a tree and says, that's your table right there. 
what do you mean? That's not a table, that's a tree. Well, maybe you should contact Peter and he'll be able to chop it up and fashion it into a beautiful table for you because I'm telling you, it's a table. You've just got to work at it. You've got to search it out and you've got to find it. So when God says something, he says there's a growth spurt coming. It means that we've got something to do. We've got to figure out what the interpretation is and what the application is. So the interpretation for me is that there's going to, or for us is, that there's going to be opportunities given to us. And in our Wednesday night small group, I uh, prophesied to the group, felt it was right to do so, and said, you're going to be given opportunities this week, and you're going to know what they are, and it's going to be up to you to be able to grab a hold of them. Now, we may think that we were talking about evangelizing and telling people about Jesus and inviting them to be here. Now, we may think that that means that someone comes up and goes, I need to find Jesus and I'm looking for a church. Rarely does that happen. In fact, when that does happen, you normally stand and go, uh, 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 well, there's a church. Oh, yeah, well, I'm part of a church. Do you want to come? Yeah, I would love to come because there's a relationship. It just takes us by surprise. But often there are opportunities that come along that just you find yourself just you're doing normal life and there it is. I was sitting in work with a colleague very, very fond of her. And uh, she's quirky. She's, it just makes me laugh. But anyway, uh, we were just talking and she was sharing some stuff that was personal. And I was sharing some stuff that was personal appropriately. And <laughs> appropriately, appropriately, can I say it again? Um, and I said, do you know, I said, you're going to think I'm really weird. Now, why did I say you're going to think I'm really weird? Was it because I wanted to apologize for my faith or my experiences with God? Was it so that uh, it would ease the embarrassment that I feel? Or was it to provide a little bit of a bridge from what's her normal life to what the activity of God looks like? Or because I am actually a little bit weird. Yes. It's a good opportunity for me to get a tissue. Is anybody like a tissue? Normally I blow my nose today. I'm going to weep. Um, So uh, the opportunity, thank you, the opportunity came along and I said to her, you may find this a wee bit weird, but this situation happened and uh, I said, I believe that God speaks and he said this to me. She went, whoa, whoa, my goodness. I thought, right, we're on here. We've built a wee bit of a highway and and then we just started sharing. It was all very natural and it was all very normal. And I don't know where that goes. Don't feel responsibility for where that goes. I don't have to get her to come over the line and say, now because you've spoken to me, I'm going to ask Jesus in my life and I'm going to repent of my sins and I'm going to come to your church and it's all going to be fine. I was just given an opportunity and it was really normal and it was really lovely and, you know, on the front of it and looking at her life, I would have thought there would have been so many objections to what I said, but she just went, my goodness, I can see how that would change your life. So when God gives you those opportunities, Please don't miss the wood for the trees because I think we do that a lot. When he comes along and brings someone to you and they just ask a question, then just share your answer. But you need to be prepared to have an answer to share. Okay? So let me read 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense, a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you and do it with gentleness and with respect. One of the best things that we can do is to offer to somebody. A friend in work again said, uh, I had this dream and I said, right, um, I said we do dream interpretation in work uh, or in church, which is work too, but it's church. And uh, 
and I, I said, so it interests me, what was your dream? And she shared the dream. Um, I said, well, I think there might be something in that. I've got a spade here and I know how to dig. So if you want to dig out the meaning of it, then I'm more than happy to help you. But that's up to you. And she went, oh, I don't know if I want that. And I said, well, if you do, that's fine. Just left it. Because gentleness and respect. I'm not sure whether I want to do that. That's a boundary. I'm not going to cross that boundary. Tell me, would God cross that boundary? Well, then why would we? Sometimes he will. But more often than not, he'll ask you, would you let me? Could I come in there? Would you give me that? How about this? And the scariest thing about him is that when we say, no, thank you very much, he goes, okay. So we need to be whole enough to be able to do the same with each other. So this is a new season. It's a proactive season. We want to focus on reaching, and we want to focus on reaching out with the purpose, purpose, purpose of seeing growth. It's just happened to me all of a sudden. Uh, with the purpose that, Alana, you like these, don't you? The last time when the stand fell down, I thought she'd got some wonderful revelation, and it was hilarious to her. No, no, it was just the fact that the stand kept falling down, and nobody was going to help me with it. So the purpose of, a purpose of us reaching out is so that we grow his church here. And it's growth in the kingdom, but it's about growing his church here. Okay? So the, the new message series is Seek to Speak. If you just seek to speak, seek to speak, then you'll have nothing to say. But if you seek searching, seeking, digging, not giving up, going after the kingdom of God, you will be someone who has stories to tell and something to say about our God who we're finding out is far much better than we actually ever thought that he was. Isn't that anybody else's story? We just really think that, well, he must be good. And then we're going, oh my goodness, you're actually good. As he looks at you and goes, yes, no. He's really, really good. But we also want to seek to speak because, and this could get it confusing, because there's more than one thing happening at once. We have to share our faith. And I'm going to touch a little bit on of some of the kind of lies and things that we've played with about, well, I just keep it to myself. But we have to seek hard after him. And when we seek hard after him, then we've something to say. So with God, there's more than one thing happening at once. And for those of you who missed, and I hope, Tracy, that you actually did watch Forrest Gump this week, did you? No. Well, we'll get to Forrest in a minute. Do you remember the two Ronnie sketch? Four candles. Remember that one? Was it four candles or four candles? Um, and as Forrest Gump said, <coughs> I don't know if Mama was right that we each have a destiny, or it was Lieutenant Dan that we're all just floating around accidental like on a breeze, but I think maybe he's hoping both at the same time. Do you like thanks? Thanks, Angie. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So is it that we both ha- we all have a that we all have a destiny, and as Lieutenant Dan said, this is wasted on you, I'm sorry, but as Lieutenant Dan said that I had a destiny and I was meant to die on the battlefield and Forrest rescued him. Or is it like Mama said, which was life's like a box of chocolates, you don't know what you're ever going to get. Or maybe it's both. Now, my lovely bride Claire came walking down the aisle, that was positive, eh? Um, came walking down the aisle to the dee 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 you know the start you're all looking at me blankly like where is he going the start of Forrest Gump you know the feather blown some of you do please watch it <laughs> Tracy's lost Tracy's looking at me like I didn't understand last week this week I'm completely lost yes she did I am. I am a little weird. Everybody's normal to get to know them. Um, so at the start, you see the feather blowing about, okay? D- 
destiny is taking up the feather. So it's both. Let me read this to you. John 3, 8. The wind, I love that we've got theology out of force come. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. We all have a destiny, but our job is to take a hold of the feather and let the wind of God blow us where we need to go. So there are lots of things happening at the same time. As long as you don't let go of God, God will take you where he wants you to go. It's never in a straight line. Now, he may tell us at the, all, the end of this that it was in a straight line, but it just wasn't a straight line as we understood straight lines to be, at which point it won't matter that it wasn't a straight line that we understood to be a straight line because God said it was a straight line, and therefore it actually is. So it's never a straight line. He doesn't do things in a straight line. We think that it's going to be step one, step two, step three. No, it doesn't work like that. He'll take you this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. Fourteen steps back. It's all, why God, God, I used to do this. It used to be wonderful. Hold on a second. There's an elevator that goes up and straight across and way over there. He just doesn't do things like we do things. Have you heard this? How do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. That was very stoic. That does Epic fail, move on swiftly. Uh, it's like a hug. I could hug Claire. Claire could hug me back. Sometimes she doesn't. That's all right. Uh, but we could both be hugging each other. It's both happening at the same time. And as I said last week, you could be looking for me and I could be looking for you. It's the both things that are happening at the same time. We've got to get to know the ways of God and we need to get comfortable with the dynamic. Get comfortable with the uncomfortableness of we don't really know what he's doing all of the time. Sometimes we know the surface level. I work in Titanic, so I'm familiar with icebergs. Um, but the tip of the iceberg and the majority of, of it is underneath. So when God does something, you'll be able to normally ascertain what's happening on the surface. But it can take years to understand what he was actually doing underneath. Let me read you from Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my way, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So uh, several years ago, my stance would have been, this is what he's doing. Now I would say, I think that this is what he's doing. Because I don't know in fullness what he's doing. My job is to hold on to him as he lets the wind of the Spirit blow us about. Okay? Are we with that? Can you all connect to that? So we seek, we search, we dig, we find out what's going, God's doing to speak And if uh, we're going to have anything to say, we've got to keep uh, seeking for the activity of God in our lives. But also we've got to seek to speak. We've got to find opportunities to be able to speak. So let me read this to you. This is Romans 10, 14 to 15. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. 
People can argue with your theology, but they cannot argue with your testimony, the activity of God in your life through your relationship with him. When people want to start to debate theological issues with me, typically I'm not interested. Sometimes there's a place to do it, but what I want to talk about is my relationship with him. And I remember years ago, not years ago, it was actually last year, this guy said to me, I'm into this hyper-dimensionality and you know all of these beings and all of this kind of stuff. And I said, well, yeah, I totally appreciate that, but what I find is that I'm loved. He went, whoa, I've never heard it described like that. And I just went about the rest of my day. You're loved? All of that stuff, is that going to affect your life? Really? Get you messed up? get your head fried with interdimensionality and translation and, you know, all of that stuff. Yes, yes, of course, but you're loved. I would rather at the end of my life have somebody say, he loved me really well, than he was some fantastic scholar who understood physical dimensions. What's that about? The only thing that God's going to say is, what did you do with the knowledge of my son? Did you learn to love? I'd like to be able to say, yes, Dad, I did. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You have been sent. If you're waiting for your sending, you're going to be waiting a long time because it happened right there. He is sending you. If you didn't know that, today know that you're sent. How are they going to know? Well, they're going to know by you sharing your stories. And we've got to communicate. Now, most of us, I think, uh, forgive me if I'm speaking for you when it's incorrect, but have grown up in a religious culture of quietness, where my faith is a personal thing. Or a culture where it had to be religious words um, and religious ways to communicate to others about Jesus. And my experience has been that if you use religious words, you communicate religion, basically. If you use words that are relational, you communicate relationship. So when I said to him, uh, I just know that I'm loved. And he went, whoa, because that's the cry of his heart. I could give him a theological breakdown as to what was accomplished in the cross and we could go into the inequity and about the blood and the water. And yes, absolutely, it all has its place, but he needs to know that he's loved. And I can say I'm loving him by telling them that, yes, I am, but I need to be able to speak his language. You know what? He thinks you're amazing and he loves you. And, you know, I got pretty good. I wanted to know it's changed my life. We need to tell people how God has loved us. And I think for me personally, what I've discovered is, and I don't want to speak on your behalf, but um, I hope it's helpful to you. Most of us use quotes like this to be able to defend our fears. The Francis of Assisi quote, preach the gospel everywhere you go and if necessary, use words. Well, that just lets me right off the hook. And God doesn't want me to be off the hook. I can love people by my actions, absolutely. But it has to hit the point where I tell them about who they are and who God is and the fact that he loves me. Uh, Isaiah 53, 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. It's a justifiable basis for not opening your mouth and sharing your faith. Well, Jesus opened his mouth a heck of a lot before that point. Be challenged this morning. Please be challenged. Listen to what the Spirit wants to do. 
just share your faith. And sometimes the walls that are in front of us, that thing of, oh, I could never do that. Actually, you know when uh, in the TV programs and somebody bursts through the, like, the tissue paper and they're, hey! I think that a lot of the time those strongholds of thought of I could never do this are a bit like the tissue paper. So you go, right, right, I'm going to share. And you go, through the, you go through and you're like, oh, this is actually okay. I just need to share about what I've experienced and it's all right. And the person actually didn't start swearing at me and calling me a religious fanatic. They just went, that's really good to hear. I'd love to hear some more sometimes. So if you're standing at the place where you're going, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. Why don't you just tell the soul man to shut up and go, I'm just going to do it. And sometimes it might be difficult. But you know, if somebody says, I don't want to hear that stuff, go, oh, that's okay. I, I wouldn't want it to have offended you. I'm sorry about that. Respect them. Gentleness, respect. Would you like to talk about that? No. Okay. Maybe the respecting somebody's boundary will actually mean that they'll open up the boundary to you because they know that you're going to love them and respect them. So actually, uh, we can thrust our faith on other people. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be respectful and be gentle. Ask them the question. Can I share something with you for a couple of minutes? I can give you one minute. Okay, I'll give you one minute. And then when you're done, say, I'd love to share more, but I really want to respect you. And actually, I remember somebody said that uh, they, when they met with people, they say, I'll give you five minutes of my time. And they would start speaking. At the end of five minutes, they would say, I really want to respect your time and get up to go. And they would, normally they would go, I want to hear more. Can you sit down and stay for a while? Be respectful and be gentle because most of the time when we thrust our faith on people, it's because we feel pressure, we feel guilted, we feel that we're being a bad Christian if we don't share our faith rather than just being ourselves and sharing what it is that God's done in our lives. Matthew ten thirty two to 33. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Hard-hitting stuff. But let's be brave and talk about Jesus with the people that we love. Is there a time to be quiet? Absolutely. But often it's like justifying being lazy by not working and sleeping all day long because we say that we need to sleep at night. We cannot justify being silent because at times there's an appropriate time to be silent. We've got to speak. And let your uh, sentences be punctuated by silence, by the lack of need to shove your faith, your faith down people's throats. Just share open and freely. I have a, a friend in work, and if he's listening to this podcast, how are you doing? Uh, always asks me on a Monday morning, so what did you talk about on Sunday morning? And he said to me last week, I just, I'm always really excited to hear what you shared. And truth be told, I was really embarrassed about sharing because I was just embarrassed and a wee bit fearful. And what does it mean? Yeah, absolutely. And afterwards, I felt really convicted that I did that. And I was talking with clients. She said, why don't you tell them about the podcasts? And I said to him, look, there's podcasts. Would you be in? And he went, oh, yeah, absolutely. I said, look, I can get you some of my messages. I'm happy to email them. He said, yeah, I would love that. You get it wrong, don't you? Don't you find the opportunities come to you and afterwards you go, oh, I totally fluffed it. And you're not dead. Say you're sorry, pick yourself up and walk on. You know, look at me like the arms are being folded more tightly today. This is a little bit uncomfortable. Have you found benefit in knowing Jesus? And then share it. If you were hungry and somebody else was standing there hungry, you would give them something to eat. 
Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There are people that are starving like there. And we decide for them somehow, because we can do that, that they actually can't eat the food that we find so much benefit in eating. Share who Jesus has been to you and who he is to you. For the message to be communicated, it must be heard. Communication is not communication unless it is heard and understood. And don't miss this. God wants to deliver his message in you and through you because you're the message. How you look, your tone of voice, your accent, your experiences, you are the message, you are the message, you are the message. So share his activity in your life. Revelation twelve eleven, they triumphed over him that being the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And Revelation nineteen ten, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and we've talked about this often. When you tell of the times and the places where you've believed God and trusted in him and walked it out, your testimony prophesies to other people that they can do the same and who he is. When you give God your yes, you make it possible for many, many others to do the same. So you saying, okay, God, I'm going to do this and walk into the end of that season and to what he's doing in your life. You have forever got that as part of your history with God. And when somebody comes up to you and shares their life and you know that that is gold for where they're at, tell them, well, I was there. Tell them you were scared. Tell them you didn't know what was going to happen. Tell them it was frustrating. Be honest about it, but tell them who God was in the midst of it all and tell them that it's going to be okay and they can do the same. And the message has got to be heard. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The NIV says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Okay. And then this is from the God's words translation. So faith comes from hearing the message and the message that is heard is what, what Christ spoke Now, I would change the tense on that to what Christ speaks. Now, why would I do that? Well, glad you asked. The word in the uh, Greek is rema. And rema is a spoken word made by the living voice. It means for, it, it literally means the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to in birth faith, faith. So this is about the living voice of Jesus Christ speaking to us. Are you listening? Think of the circumstances in your life where you've heard him clearly and think about what it did to you. When he speaks, it causes faith. It's just how it works. And I'm going to tell you just a few stories from my own life about that. Um, One night, not that it happens a lot, uh, but when Isaac was a baby, I was ironing. And I started to weep. Isaac's my son. He's six now, but he was just a baby at the time. And I wept because I heard this. The Lord said to me, you and Isaac will always be close and his presence in your life will bring about healing. Faith arose. When we were trying, uh, our daughter is Anna. She's eight years old. So when we were trying for Anna, it took about a year. And I was sitting in work one day and um, all of a sudden the room just kind of changed a bit. And I thought, God's here. And I said, is there anything you want to say? He said a few things to me. And then I saw this picture and it was of a daddy and a daughter. And uh, I had never, it was one of those things I'd seen every day, but never really seen. All had that experience. And I looked at it and the Lord said, and then I will give you the desires of your heart. We'd been trying for Anna. It wasn't happening. And then Anna was born and she's eight-year-old and the desire of my heart is over there in Kingdom Kids. 
Faith arose. And one more. Last week, you'll like this one because it's not always lovely stuff. Faith can sometimes arise to give us a wee poke and a prod and a conviction. I'm sure you've experienced that. There'll be very few yeses and amens to this one. So last week, I was pretty frustrated. I was driving along. I was feeling it was unjust. I was getting annoyed. And I just said, I just want blood. And the Lord said, is mine enough? Faith arose. Because what I realized was I'd been being unforgiven. I was taking offense. I was standing in unforgiveness. And at that moment, faith arose and I thought, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I forgive that. That's gone now. I don't need to hold on to that. And I want to articulate, I'm not a vampire, nor was I wanting to commit murder. Just because I know there are people that are very literal and said, you said you wanted blood. What's that all about? You and the blood sacrifice in your church? Yes, in the right biblical sense, but not in any other sense. So just to say that. Faith arose. My anger and frustration was rising out of unforgiveness. So faith in the application was what Jesus did on the cross. And his blood called me to forgive and I found peace. So faith arises when God speaks. So what is he saying to you? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. He is alive. And he, if you've asked him into your life, is alive in you. So what stories do you need to tell? Because your stories need to be told. And they need to be told because they need to be heard. You may have a need to communicate them. Check what that's about. Is it a need, a healthy need, as in a desire that you need to share that? Or is it you've just got to say it for something else that's going on? But your stories need to be heard. Let me read 1 Peter 3.15 again. But in your heart set Christ apart, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you to account account for the hope and confident assurance that you have. But do it with gentleness and with respect. Gentleness and with respect. Don't push your faith on others. Respect their boundaries. Is that not what God often does with you? So seeking to speak. We want to be about seeking. We'll have nothing to say if we don't seek. If we become seekers who want to speak, we'll find treasures worth talking about. Proverbs 25.2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. And Luke 19.10, Jesus came, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We are royalty, and therefore the nature of royalty is kings and queens seek and search out. Jesus, our king, came to seek and to search out and to save, and that is exactly what he did. So this is your nature, and in this kingdom, we seek in order to find. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Matthew 7, 7. If you seek and do not give up, you will find. Okay, so the main thing is that you've got, and I want to say this again, I said it last week, where the enemy wants us is, this is never going to happen. It's just the way it is, and I have to suck it up. That you, if you're in that place, that is exactly where the enemy wants you to be, because you're done. You'll just stop, and that's, well, well just better suck it up. That's life. It's not life at all. It's death. Where God wants you is, haven't found it yet. Haven't found it yet. The pearl that's developing, haven't found it yet. I'm looking for that thing or that person. I haven't found it yet. Yet. Be frustrated if you are frustrated. Please be yourself with him. There's no point in uh, being moaning and groaning to other people or inside yourself, but yet when you're talking to God, go, but I trust you. 
and you are faithful, and my soul is comforted. No, it's not. You're annoyed. You're frustrated. So lift the veil. God, I'm really annoyed and frustrated. This is just got me down that it's like this. is <sighs> But it's going to be okay. Because you said it's going to be okay. And I'm not giving up. Be yourself. Talk to him. And the kingdom is like, let me read Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. In his joy, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. It all starts with somebody looking for something. The merchant was looking for a pearl because he was on the hunt. He found it. The treasure was hidden. It was hidden. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hidden. It is hidden hidden. If you want to find the kingdom of heaven, you're going to have to search for it. Well, that's not very fair. If God was kind and loving, he would do it this way. I wouldn't go there. He knows what he's talking about, and he's hid it for a reason, and it's not because he's mean. It's because there's something that happens to us in the searching. You become someone and something in the searching. When you don't give up, there's something happens to you. You develop this character that can stand in the circumstances and go, I am not leaving. I was thinking about something recently. I've started to get this. This may be difficult at the minute, but I'm not leaving. We're not bowing out. We're going to commit to the end of this because that's who we are. Say this at the front all the time. We're not quitting on anybody. You may want us to. We're not. I may want to, we're not. We're going to see this through. Are you going to see it through? In the season that you're in, are you going to see it through? In the frustration that you're in, are you going to see it through? In the addictions and the habits that get you down and the things that disappoint you about yourself and other people and the hurts that you've had and the difficulty in your job and the friendships and your marriage, are you going to see it through? Then see it through. And in doing that, in the seeing through and the commitment to see it through, let faith arise because there's hope. When you don't give up, you will find what it is that God's asking you to look for. So what are you not finding? Are you looking for it and have you given up? Don't give up. He could have been the merchant, this one that was out to look for the pearl, saying, I just can't find a pearl. It never happens for me. They always find the pearl. He could have been totally victim to his circumstance. Well, it's hidden and I don't know how to dig. Or or we go, I don't know how to dig, but he knows how to dig. Could you tell me how to dig? I don't have a shovel. He, she has a shovel. Let me get the shovel off them. If you're struggling, come and talk. If you see somebody that is flourishing in an area of life that you're not, go and talk to them kind of makes sense, doesn't it? We do it all the times in other. If you have something broken in your house and you can't fix it, you bring an expert in. So where are the people that are experts in your life in different areas? Go and talk to them. Be honest. Look, I really see that you're, you're really great at this and it's really, I, I would love to be able to learn to do that. Would you share with me? I guarantee you the person that you talk to will probably go, not that good. Persevere with that and say, no, you're really, really good. Normally go, really? Do you think I'm really, really good? So they're encouraged on the front end. It's already brought encouragement. You're not on your own. You've been transparent. God loves it when we're transparent. He adores humility. In fact, it attracts his presence. You get to do relationship. You then become an expert in the thing that you saw somebody else being an expert in. And then somebody else comes to you and says, you're really good at that, which is confirmation that you found the end of the season that you were seeking to find. 
It's all about relationship. Open yourself up. If you're struggling, come and talk. Don't leave yourself in that way. We must be on the hunt for God. And then two, being able to get hold of the kingdom requires us to let go of everything else. It says that he sold everything that he had and it meant that he was free to be able to grasp the one thing that he needed. We can think that God is mean and he just wants to see whether we're going to do it or not. But he is getting you to let go because he wants you to be able to hold on. You've got to let go of that stuff that harms you to hold on to the stuff that will bless you and reward you. He let go of what didn't matter to be able to grasp what did, and he did it in joy. Can I get you guys to come up? But Colin, you don't understand. I have to do this, or I have to do that. You put in your own blank there the responsibility that you feel, but you misunderstand the only way that you're ever going to be able to fulfill the obligations that you have is by going after the kingdom first. This is Matthew six twenty-five. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin, yet Solomon in all his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow's thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. We put our hands to what God wants to put our hands to. The kingdom is not just about Sunday mornings. The kingdom can be about playing with your children or attending to your finances or your family or going and getting food or your jobs or your health or, 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 or. Heaven is incredibly practical. You know that phrase that says, oh, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly use. Load of tosh, you're not going to be any earthly use until you get heavenly minded. God's incredibly practical. Move that there, that there, that there, and that'll work. Oh my goodness. Would you stand with me? As always, um, well, if you're new here, what we always do is ask you to respond to the message, and we want to be able to minister to you. And as always, I have a few questions to help you to respond. Now, if you can't answer the questions, then please respond anyway. Do you want to tell the story of God in your life? Has that been something that's been a struggle for you? Do you want to learn to be able to do that with ease and flow? Do you need to overcome some fears, embarrassment, inability or unbelief? And then finally, do you need to sell some things in order to buy the pearl of the kingdom? Do you need to let go in order to grab hold of God? If you can answer yes to any of those things, or you just want ministry, come and join me now.